Hi folks, I'm Christopher Burris from the Ethergame Brain Trust, Palestrina Protector of Polyphony. That's the title of this week's episode. I couldn't help myself with the alliteration. I think Protector of Polyphony is a title that Giovanni Pierluigi di Palestrina, one of the most important composers of the 16th century, would have relished because he was a guy who liked to understand the text and the vocal music he was writing and listening to. More on that shortly. Also, though, you know, it's not exactly an accurate title, even though history might have us think otherwise. We're going to debunk one of the many classical music urban legends this week on EtherCast. listening to a little Gregorian chant, an ancient ditty called O Lux Beata Trinitas. For a lot of people, this is the kind of music that comes to mind when they're thinking of the Middle Ages. And in terms of what's written down from the time period, these single melody a cappella chants are some of the oldest surviving and most numerous music sources. Now though, listen to this. That's Spem in Alium by Thomas Tallis. You can hear the difference between that and the chant we heard earlier. There are many more voices singing different parts, more interesting harmonies and intricacies happening between the parts. This kind of composition is a game changer for church music starting in the late Middle Ages and onward, and we call it polyphony. The idea that you can combine independent voices and melodies and harmonize them against each other. Now, it's true that people have probably been improvising polyphony by ear since well before music was even notated for the first time, but the act of writing down voice parts meant to be sung together and creating a set of rules to standardize and preserve that writing, that's a significant development, and one where Palestrina eventually becomes a key player. Here's some polyphony with the dial turned all the way to 11. That's an Agnus Dei from Akagem's Misa Prolatium, one of the most complicated polyphonic masses ever written. 
And when Palestrina begins writing music, polyphony like this is considered to be the apex of composition, the most skilled kind of composing out there. But then the Counter-Reformation happens. The Protestant Reformation had kicked off about 10 years before Palestrina was born. And in 1545, when the Council of Trent starts, the Catholic Church begins making major reconfigurations to battle Protestantism. Palestrina is about 20 years old and just starting his first job as a church organist in the town of Palestrina. Now, loads of changes happened during the Council of Trent, but the one that gets talked about by most musicians are the guidelines that were issued to restrict the kind of music that could be composed for the church. Think about that Mass by Akagam that we just listened to. The Pope is saying that this music is too complicated and that it's not being written to promote Catholic values because you can't really understand the lyrics. So put yourself in Palestrina's shoes. You're 20 years old, you just started your career as a professional composer, and then your boss sends you these new guidelines that say you can't write the kind of music that inspired you to become a professional musician in the first place. And that furthermore, the only music that is now apparently acceptable in the church is Gregorian chant. So, what do you do? Well, if we follow the plot of a German opera by Hans Fitzner from 1917 called Palestrina, we would have heard that polyphony is about to be cancelled and would decide to write a new style of polyphony so beautiful that it would change the mind of the Pope and save the highest form of musical art for Catholic composers across Europe. That's the opening to Act Two from the opera Palestrina. You can hear the sense of urgency in the music because polyphony is about to be made forbidden. So now we have it. Palestrina, the protector of polyphony, saves good music and becomes the patron saint of composers, according to Fitzner, by writing his most famous music, the Pope Marcellus Mass. Well, that's not really what happens. We're listening to the Oxford Camerata perform Palestrina's Pope Marcellus Mass, his most famous piece of music. It's true that the Council of Trent considered a set of broad guidelines to restrict polyphony in church music, but the specifics were left to local churches. There was no legislation or documentation over the issue. In fact, Palestrina became involved in the whole process because the only thing the Council of Trent really did was send out a bunch of cardinals to listen to music in churches across Europe and see if that music was agreeable. Cardinal Carlo Borromeo, who was put in charge of the music reforms in Rome, was head priest at the church where Palestrina played organ and was already a fan of Palestrina's polyphonic music 
Even as he returned with these new rules from the Council of Trent, with the intent of involving Palestrina from the outset, it's unlikely that Polyphony as a whole was ever under any real threat of extinction, nor that Palestrina swooped in and stopped a nationwide purge of good music. But the idea that originated in the Council of Trent that music could be used to reform the Catholic liturgy and reignite the faith in a new generation of believers was absolutely a part of the conversation. And instead of receiving pushback from the professional music community, it was embraced through composers like Palestrina. Palestrina took the idea that text needed to be better understood by the listener, that music should glorify that text, and made it one of the most engaging qualities of a new style of polyphony, one that used smooth lyrical melodies and arranged dissonant notes on the less emphasized portions of the music. Simplicity without sacrificing beauty. So while Palestrina as the protector of polyphony is only a myth from a 20th century opera, it's not entirely inaccurate because Palestrina did write a new style of polyphony for the Catholic Church that spread like wildfire and redefined the bounds of sacred music. Thanks for listening to another episode of EtherCast. If you've got a competitive itch, join the Ether Game Brain Trust on Tuesday evenings at 8 o'clock on WFIU for our classical music quiz. You could even win a prize. I'm Christopher Burris for WFIU.